Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield. This is a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I am joined by uh, an apoplectic Chad Jarvis. <laughs> How are you doing today, Chad? Uh, well, as I said... Oh, how should I begin this? Uh, how I, what I said before when we got before we started recording, I'm glad we didn't record this podcast instant match review or or night of said game that we're about to discuss because I don't know how it was. You know, most of our listeners were probably at Bramall Lane for the the FA Cup replay game against Wrexham and. I'm going to take a bit of our time. This is our normal introduction, but it's been stewing in my mind for the better part of 24 to 26, 7, 8 hours, however long it's been. If if you can honestly say, being a Wrexham fan, and I know none of them are going to listen to this anymore, That match we watched on ESPN two, and yes, it was on ESPN two, and we can toot our horns at how it how a FA Cup replay made it to the second biggest channel on ESPN. If you, as a Wrexham fan, can solemnly swear that that game was not one sided by every single one of the commentators, every single one of the refs, you have got to be the most naive football fan i mean because granted now most of the fans over in the states have only been fans for about five months so they don't know no better but from when i watched the match kickoff to the full-time whistle even though the result was three to one united united three to one united it should have been six to one they gave the rest gave them every chance for rexham to win that game but they have a a league two at best striker. And he's not good enough to bury two penalties into the back of the net to make it two one. And never mind from open play. Never, never mind a goal from open play. Yes. Yeah. That they weren't going to score from open play. God forbid. They couldn't, they couldn't score. We had 32 shots. They had nine in, in what? Five of them were on target. Um, but Craig Burley is the biggest POS out there. He doesn't even know. He compared our pitch to Wrexham pitch, which isn't even close. Um, said that we have no chance. We are screwed going up to the Premier League, which, granted, if you listen to our podcast, that's fair enough. I mean, I I don't have us making it out of the relegation zone. But that's not, if we don't sign actually, anybody. That's yes. if we don't sign anybody. Yeah. Yes. Not that we're screwed right off the bat before we even go up. Um, and Wrexham just going to tear through the leagues, and in in five years they're going to be hoisting the Premier League trophy, saying we did it with with <laughs> oh my god, we went on some magical run. And then to not only have the refs give two blatant penalties that were not even anywhere close, and this is taking my glasses off because I have to wear them to see. I could have I could have saw that there was no penalties with my glasses off you have a guy that leaps two yards into the box and gets a foul then you have ollie ollie norwood i think his shoelace might have touched paul mullen <laughs> and he went down in the box and then and then let's let's 
let's move past that to the blatant handball in front of the referee. Strikes hand outstretched blatant pen. That is not called. That Craig Burley on, um, oh, what else did he say? We were the Ahmed Hadzic. They called him Ahmed, Ahmed Hadzic in the game and said that was horrible defending. Honestly, it should have been a foul on the outside of the box. Yes, Ahmed Hadzic got turned around. Yes, it was a foul, but it was no pen. And then... If you're if you're any competent Wrexham fan and you watch the post match interview, which if I was Billy Sharp and the the American girl from ESPN interviewed me and said, "What do you think about Wrexham? How do you think about Wrexham?" I would I would have took the mic and I would said, "We're done. I'm not gonna. I don't give a shit about these guys." Then you have the commentators say, "How are they going to get out of the Nations League? The Nations League, not the National League. The Nations League. It just shows the incompetence." of the people over here in America when it comes to streaming or talking about anything besides the Premier League, La Liga, or the Bundesliga. They have no competence. And all the money that Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhinney funneled into ESPN to get this game on ESPN, like, oh, my God, ESPN out of the blue just said, hey, we're going to put we're gonna put Wrexham, Sheffield United on ESPN too. BS, they funneled all kinds of money. Put us on TV, blah, 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 dog and pony show, one-sided. So, so I'm glad it's over. 3-1. We can go, go get our ass handed to us against Tottenham. I don't care. As long as we beat the little minnows that I I lost all respect for Wrexham. I lost every little bit of respect for Wrexham. I did. And that is, I'm not being a, a, a okay, I'll put my United glasses on. Yeah, we're going to be miles ahead of them every time. But I'm sick and tired. This was the last team I wanted to draw because I knew we were going to get into this dog and pony show. That's all it was. For two it was legs, a circus. It was, yes, it was a circus. That's all it was. That's all it was. So other than that, I'm doing fine. Noah, how are you tonight? <laughs> wow. What 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 a tirade, Chad. I think that that probably goes on your list of best rants. That's up there with my Matthew Donahue like rant right there. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 100% the truth. I mean, I sat there and I almost wanted to put the game on mute. 10 minutes into the game because it was just an absolute and we were dominating we dominated that first half yeah we were on very unlucky and not taking our chances to be up three nil at halftime the game's done and dusted and they when we got the goal they kept saying Wrexham's the better team I'm like you kidding me right yeah they said against the run of play I'm like what fucking game have you been watching yeah yeah oh man it's the like, love it the love it the love-in for Wrexham from all perspectives was just absolutely insane, man. I mean, yeah. the dick, the just the sheer dick-sucking, man. You could yeah. hear that slurpy, slurpy, slurp 8,000 miles away or whatever yeah. it is. It's less than that. It's, it's like it's, it's like, it's like 6,000, 5,000, 6,000. And then everybody's getting, you know, you go in that cesspool of Twitter and then everybody in their freaking mother is talking about this game and it's just oh my god billy sharp is the worst player ever he's just an absolute dickhead blah 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 shit house i mean you, you, could, know, you all the things that were said seen, 
yeah, you clearly haven't seen the dude play a game in your life, man. And he and and it goes back to I didn't even mention the whole yeah we know I, as I'm doing the gesturing of looking through to Tottenham, you can't like the Wrexham fans are so up in arms like what your team tweeted that out looking in tag Spurs in there and you were looking right past us. Yep. Come on, and then when when we try to give you some stick back for saying oh God look. Look, we, you're not going through. Then everybody gets butt hurt on the other end. Come on, man. Come on. Sour grapes and yeah. crocodile tears. You know, yeah, right? I mean, that's that's really all it was from the Wrexham supporters after. And look, you know, uh, to his credit, when he came on the show, uh, Tim from Fearless and Devotion thought he was a really great lad, nice mm-hmm. guy. Um, yep. t- talked really, really well and thoroughly enjoyed the conversation that we had after the game. He's lost the plot, man. He's really lost the plot. And I know, look, look, your team doesn't lose a lot at what this was the, their third defeat all season. Yeah. And I understand. I understand that it sucks to lose, especially mm-hmm. in such a high profile game. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, to be so indignant after the fact in a game when you had everything it was served up on a silver platter for you. Mm-hmm. You didn't take your chances. You conceded in stoppage time. And you had four calls that went your way in that second half, basically. And for you to be that indignant after all of that went your way over a loss that was deserved, still, at the end of the day, we deserve to win that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just unfathomable for me. And, yeah. you know, look. If you're listening to this, fearless in devotion, you know, I mean, I, I don't harbor any negative feelings towards you. I just I, I just think, you know, when you post nonsense on Twitter, we, we have to respond in kind. You know, yep. we, we have to. Yeah, that's why I don't pay much, much interest to the Internet, because it's just it's just when it doesn't go your way, it, it turns very bad very quickly. And whether we win or lose. I was keeping what I just said for this platform and not for the internet. I just think that's the best way to air it, air it is to the, our, you know, our devoted listeners and in all that. But if we would have got, if we would have been the, the shoe would have been on the other foot. I would have come on here and be like, you know what? We sucked. We, we lost to Wrexham. Congratulations. And we would have been like, we wouldn't have posted, oh, you know, this and that and this and that, at looking at every excuse to, you know, find, make us feel good and fuzzy inside. Chad, we speak for yourself. <laughs> speak for yourself, man. After the, the the pen that was outside the box, the soft as goose shit pen committed by Ollie, Ollie Norwood, the handball on the edge of the box, you know, I probably would have come on here and, and, really and just and laid just as hard into the ref crew as as we are now yeah but i don't think the announcer crew would have been that one-sided for us i mean i in in 20 years of listening to football matches on radio and tv i have never heard there was what three in the studio two in the box two in the commentary box Six, there were six because they had that girl sideline reporter at the end. 
six commentators or, you know, interviewers or whatever you want to call them, media people, and all six of them wanted Wrexham to win by seven goals to nil. Yep. Unbelievable. Yep. I know. Well, you know, unfortunately, when you have a Hollywood team, you have to have Hollywood tropes. And we played the villain, and the villain prevails every once in a while. And, yep. you know, it'll make for good telly when C- Series 2 comes out next year. Or I can tell you th- that. At I ain't the end of this year. Shit show. <laughs> well, I mean, is it even really worth it for us to go minute by minute here? We've discussed oh, all yeah. that. Let's go minute by damn minute. 90 <laughs> minutes. Buckle in, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to do 90 minutes of this. <laughs> well, I don't know about actual 90 minutes. 96 of this. minutes to be. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the very first chance of the game comes to United, 12th minute, as Tozer concedes a corner. Tozer, Tozer, Tozer concedes Tozer, a corner. Tozer, Tozer, whatever. He's, yeah, he's a Tozer, too. Uh, <laughs> concedes a corner. <laughs> Benno takes it. Egan gets ahead to it, but it's saved by Leighton. 16th minute, and Jaye heads a pass to Sharp, who has a shot, but again, it is saved by Leighton. On 22, Bedgay passes to Mac in the box, who has a shot. It just goes wide to the left. And 24th minute, off of a corner, taken again by Benno. Of course, Egan misses a header to the right, virtually unmarked in the box. Um, And then, arguably, United's best chance in the first half comes at the 29th minute. Off of an errant Anthony Ford pass, and Jaya wins the ball. He passes for McAtee, who's away with just the keeper to beat. It was a two-on-nil, actually. And Jaya is just to his left. He opts to go alone, takes a shot that just goes to the left of goal. He had Jaya right there. All he had to do was a touch pass before Jaya ran past him to be offside. But, yeah. you know, he decides to go alone, makes the decision too late. Should have been one-nil there. Should have been. Yeah, that is when I knew I I had an inkling. It's like, oh boy, now this is gonna you know it's gonna slant their way, and they're gonna go and and make something out of nothing. But I mean, just gotta do. And, I mean, he didn't miss by much. He no. did not miss by much. No, but I mean, um, like less than a yard, definitely. And Indai wasn't very very too happy with him uh, no. after that after that shot came in, but. Um, yeah, you gotta do you gotta do better than that, man. Yep. And agreed. One one other thing I wanted to mention too. Okay, Ben Tozer made it like he plays for let's go, let's say Man City and can throw the ball in seven miles off of the pitch and, and make it on. Jackie Longthrow came in, just did a couple, you know, hi ho he's, hi ho he's into the box and never said anything. Like he does, like oh my god, he's an all world. Is Ben Tozer? Man, say he's got to sign him. He can throw the ball in from the seventeenth row in the stands and make him right on the spot. My ass. <laughs> oh, oh, th- Chad, you're in a mood, and I'm here for it. I'm. Oh yeah, and here I've had it, the best part is I had no alcohol before this too. If you were caught me on the sauce, oh man, there would have been. We would have had to get the bleep button out. Bleep bleep. If we, I'm telling you, if we would have did this thing yesterday after after the match, it would have been. Good thing you gave me time to calm down, because God, I was as soon as they blew the full time whistle, I I texted you. I said, "Do you want to record right now?" And, you, and you're like, "I don't know if I can do it tonight." And I was like, "Okay, good. That's probably good." 
better for the two of us. It was, I think overall <laughs> it was a good decision. I mean, we've still, this is probably our most, uh, we've probably had our most explicatives uh, in this oh, podcast yeah. for a while, I think. Maybe yeah. since, maybe since the Matthew fucking Donahue episode. Oh, yeah. So Pro- yeah, that, yeah, that's probably it. Cause n- normally we're like high energy, but like not really complaining about this thing. I should have made a list of everything. <laughs> no, you did a good job laying it all out there in the intro. <laughs> Getting back to it here, 35th minute. What an incredible run by Illiman and Jai from outside the box on the right-hand side. He draws defenders to him, puts a perfect pass for Anel Ahmed Hadzic, who shoots it right into Leighton. Another bang-on chance. And, man, it, it, I don't know. If Ahmed Hadzic shoots it like two yards to the left or right, it's a certain goal. It's a yep. certain goal. Yeah, I mean, this was one of those matches where, you know, we had the, the Mac and I issue where we didn't score there. Then we had this this attempt by Nell that we didn't score. And it's just like, is this going to be one of those nights where we're just going to kind of rue our chances? And, and hell, did I mention we had 32 shots? Nine, only nine on target. They had three shots on target. We had 12 off... But 32 damn shots? Holy hell. Yeah, yeah. I know 90% of them weren't on target, but good night. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, and that just kind of shows you, like, how one-sided that first half was. It really, really was. Yeah. 36th minute, Skipper had another shot saved by Leighton. 37th minute, Tozer had a shot from outside the box that was saved by Davies. 39th minute, another corner for United. Again, Osborne took it. He found Egan again, and he heads it over the top. I mean, you know, it's just, just kind of classic. Ahead, man. Yeah, square it's classic. Ahead. Yep. That was pretty much half. And, you know, when I, I so I was not watching the game live. I, I went back and rewatched the game last night, but I was following and I was following on my phone, basically. And, you know, when I saw it was nil-nil, I was like, man, I, I'm seeing all these shots come in. Like, I don't understand how we haven't put one past. You know, I was looking at the statistics, um, and that didn't even that didn't really tell the story at all, especially that that chance that, you know, Njaya and McAtee had. Oh, yeah. I come I, I, unglued when they missed that one because I was like, that's, that's sure as hell a, a wide-open goal because I was like, oh. After it came off the corner, I was like, oh, they're off to the races. After Ndai cleared it and got it to Mac, I was like, oh, they're off to the races here. This could be a goal. And then they just managed to, you know, not score at all. But Cock it hey, up. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get to uh, the three goals that United slam past these POSs. <laughs> the first chance of the second half was United's first goal of the game. Basham out on the right passes for Anel, who passes for Benno at the top of the box on the right-hand side. Anel makes a beautiful cutting run, and then Benno puts an inch-perfect pass for Anel, who timed his run just brilliantly, and then he absolutely blasts it. Top bins where Mama keeps the cookies, and United (laughs) go up (laughs) 1-0. Yeah, I mean, it's a well-taken goal, man. A really well-taken goal, and it's, it's one of those we've been waiting for you, buddy. Just get on the score sheet. How many times did we come on this thing and said, oh, Anel's going to Anel's gonna score, Anel's going to score, Anel's going to score, and it took all the way to the beginning of February to get back on the score sheet. So, yeah. you know, all in all, it's good to see him back on the score sheet. 
Yep. And look, five goals in all competitions this season. He's He's been fantastic. I mean, he's had, I want to say he probably put in better performances before he got glandular fever, um, mm-hmm. but he's kind of working his way back. And, you know, he's been putting in relatively solid performances. He had one or two moments in this game where he didn't cover himself in glory. But other than that, you know, I, I think he's a phenomenal player. He's the signing of the season. That's for damn certain. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, in the uh, sparse amount of people that we uh, signed this year. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. he might be the only one. Yeah, <laughs> really. I say, uh, um, yeah, he's got to be the signing of the season. I mean, we could say the two lone players, but yeah, by far, Ahmed Hodges is uh, taking that one. Yep, yep. So after we go up 1-0, that goal gave United a little bit of confidence to go again. And in the 57th minute, another brilliant opportunity as United win the ball back from Wrexham and it's Bedgay on the counterattack, making a fantastic marauding run. I mean, he was probably 30 yards from our goal and ran it like all the way up the pitch. He finds McAtee out on the right-hand side and McAtee puts in a through ball for Sharp, who just has the keeper to beat and what does he do? Just like Ahmed Hadzic smashes it into Leighton. Like yep. Billy takes a second and dinks it over the keeper. It's a certain goal, but yeah, yeah. For, he took it first time and smashes it into him. And that's, um, you know, a, a bunch of, I mean, it's the skipper is so hit and miss at the moment. You know, he's, I mean, he scored a goal in this game, but for most parts of it, he was just kind of like hanging out. We weren't he wasn't really a factor in it. And then when you count him out, what does Billy Sharp do? He scores goals. So I mean, a couple of different efforts, one other side of the keeper, and he gets a he bags a hat trick in this one. Yep. Yep. Easily. Easily. And immediately following that chance, Wrexham go the other way. And on the right-hand side, Mullen tries to make a run into the box. But as we talked about earlier, Ahmed Hodzic pulls him down outside, outside the box. Clearly, clearly, clear as day. And somehow the ref decides that's a penalty to Wrexham. And of course. It's like, it's like a 20-yard yeah. box, maybe? Because <laughs> yeah. he jumped yeah, two exactly. yards inside the box. and Yep, yep. Anyway, Paul Mullen steps up to the spot, drives the ball hard down the middle, past Davies, who was diving to his left. And, uh, yeah, it's drawn at that point. And then immediately following that, Rexon make two subs, Dalby for Palmer and then Mendy for uh, McAlinden. Yeah, let's roll with that. Mikkel- Piss him off a little Mik- bit more. I, yeah, I, I, terrible with the pronunciation of some of these names. 66 minute Luke Young puts in a good cross from Mullen who heads the ball to the left and out of play 67th minute McAtee puts in a good cross looking for Sharp who heads it high 68th minute Norwood comes in for Koulibaly and I I just want to take a break here and ask we didn't mention Koulibaly because you know he wasn't really involved with a lot of the the chances per se but I thought he put in a solid a solid two thirds of this game. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, he he made some 
made some good passes and he let, looked confident on the ball. You know, it, it, it wasn't like the bright lights got the best of him and he was passing it to like a signboard or one of his friends in the, the stand. But no, I mean, all in all solid effort. And, you know, this is one thing I, I look forward to if we can keep up our league play and we just keep rowing and rowing and rowing and rowing. And, you know, we get promoted with four or five games. Does he become a stalwart starting in that midfield for if we have three three or four games comfortably that, you know, we're already promoted, we don't have to worry about, can we slot him in the midfield and just get him more playing time? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good question for sure. Um, I think it's one that Hecky will probably have to, you know, answer if and when we get to that point. Um, at this point, if given that option, I'd say, yeah. Let him yeah. have a run, you know? I mean, he was certainly better than than Benno was, uh, you know, this mm. past weekend against Ravram. Yeah, you know, I would agree with that. Um, but I think that's because Osborne's playing out of position, and we all know that um, with the injury to Tommy Doyle, you know, he really is kind of just almost being like a hole filler, a, a, um, like a space <laughs> filler. Um People are going to clip that uh, hole filler comment. Hole right there. He's a hole filler. Um, but no, <laughs> just kind of like a, he's just taking up a spot at the moment because we all know he's not playing in his his position we would like him to play in out wide. But uh, yeah, that, that's something I got thinking about after my rage kind of settled down last night. He's like, you know, if we do continue on a good run and get, you know, get promoted early, do we see some of the younger players come in? Marsh, and, you know, Blaster. Yeah, get our Blaster in the side and, you know, get them more first-team experience because, you know, if we do go up, you're not going to see any of those kids, you know, maybe show enough where we can get them on championship loans next year and send them out. So when we inevitably get relegated, we come back down. Uh, I mean, you know, they've got the experience in the league, you know. I've knocked on the wood for you there, Chad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I agree with everything you're saying, though. Um, I, I do think that a lot of these kids are probably, you know, a season or two from taking that next step to, you know, being of a quality where they can play at the very least championship football, you know, mm -hmm. and I think they probably do deserve loan spells in the next year for, you know, a, I don't know, middle of the road championship team where they'll actually see minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That would work out a lot in our favor. 71st minute, Liam Mickelson tries to pass for Mullen on the left-hand side, just inside the box. And Ollie Norwood, what is he doing here? I mean, he shouldn't have slid. He takes out Mullen's feet and yeah, another pen for Wrexham there. But, but, I wanted. I do have a point of contention with you, Chad. I do think that this is a pen. It's just a soft pen. It is a very, very soft pen. Yeah, it's a soft pen. But I, I knew the ref was gonna blow it before it. when Ali Norwood left his feet. I knew he was gonna blow for it anyway. It's just because I watched it back and it's like, oh yeah, this is. Yeah, I mean, is the softest as you like, but I, you know, if, if we're playing, if. You know, when we're the so-called underdog against Tottenham, Tottenham Hotspur, when they come to mighty Bramall Lane, we stuck them 7-1. And then it's like, who's the real underdog? But I'm saying, like, if we're playing against them, do you think 
one of their players leaves their feet and, and brushes on, let's say, Ali Norwood takes him down, you think they're calling a pen? Hell no. Hell no. No. Probably it's because not. we're the it's because we're the middleman in this whole situation. We like you said, we're the villain. They've got a they're pitting the two teams together against each other now. And we're not we're not gonna play each other. We could it could be 20 years before we face them again. Probably. I mean, for the foreseeable future, only chance we have is the FA Cup. Yeah. Or when they make it up to Premier League in what, 2030? Or the championship <laughs> yeah. in 2029. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Mullen steps up to take the pen again. And Adam Davies with an amazing save diving to his right this time to parry the shot away. And I, you know, I mean, that save basically redeemed the performance in, in the reverse fixture in the, in the first of the two cup ties. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, to be honest with you, he really didn't have much to do though. I mean, he had a penalty that they scored, a penalty that they saved, and what did I say earlier? Three shots on target? Yeah. Or five shots on target, whatever yeah, it was. Whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he didn't really have much to do. Agreed. Agreed. And then, unfortunately, yet crucially, in the 75th minute, John Egan is shown a yellow card and he will not be available for the match against Spurs on March 1st. So um, it's going to be a makeshift back line in that game. Um, and I don't know how we're going to play it. I'm assuming Basham on the right, Ahmed Hodzic in the middle, and then Jackie Longthrow on the left or or um, Clark. Well, if he's yeah, Clark, he's he was on Clark. Kieran Clark was on the bench last weekend, so um, maybe he gets the slot in there. Only yeah. time will tell. Yep. Yep. I've it's funny, like I, I was struggling for his name for a second there because he's played so few minutes for United this season, it feels like, you know. Yeah, you're he right. He plays like two games, he gets injured, he misses ten games, then he comes back, he plays another two or three, then he gets injured again. But uh, you know what? This is what we heard from the Newcastle supporters, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yep. This is this is what they said. Yep. Yep. 80th minute here. Berge and Mullen go for a ball, and Mullen gets injured and would later be subbed off in the 82nd, which, my humble opinion, completely changed the tide of the game because Wrexham had a majority majority of the ball between the 60th and 80th minutes there. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Bickerstaff replaces Mullen in the 82nd minute, and Lee replaces Cannon for, for Wrexham. And then... We started turning the screws. 85th minute, McAtee finds Bedgate inside the box. He takes a shot, but he misses right. On 90, United get a corner taken by Norwood. He finds Egan far side. He heads it back for Max Lowe, who absolutely has to score here. It is a dead bang-on chance. Unmarked in the box, and it goes high. It's high. Yeah, yeah. that's before all the chaos that was about to ensue happened, I was like, oh, man, that might be our last chance to, to, to save this one from, from going to extra times and inevitably penalties. But I said, you got to score that. Dude, you yep. got to score that. You got to take your chances. They come few and far between, man. You got to jump on those when you can. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. 92nd minute into stoppage. Another moment, as we said, of undeniable controversy as McAtee, Drives into the box, passes for Njaye, who finds Norwood outside the box, who has a shot that clearly, 
clearly strikes the outstretched arm of Elliot Lee, but nothing is given whatsoever. Hit his hand clear as day. I mean, and as we said, some of the most biased refereeing we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. There was no way it was a penalty. Um, his his arm was in a natural position. He's had it broken seven times, so it it formed back in a triangle shape or an angle. <laughs> so that is a normal position for his hand. But um, so that's the justifying the ref's non-call there. But hey, we play on. And then, <laughs> and then, off of a long ball from Leighton following an awarded free kick, it finds Palmer who drives and has a shot that is blocked. Norwood picks it up and goes long looking for Sharp. And then Cleworth makes an awful, awful error, allowing the ball to go through his legs. Billy Sharp picks it up, dribbles past the defender before Cooley picking out the right-hand side of the net into which he passes the ball 2-1 to United. And that was the moment. That was the moment we knew that th- this was done and dusted. Yeah, I I didn't know it was completely over because I was like, oh, you know, the oh, the cheese is getting more binding here. Rex is going to come down, have a header, and it's going to go in. It's going to go 2-2. We're going to go to extra time. But, I mean, what a what an effort by the skipper. I mean, calm, cool as you like. Like he had no pressure on him, just put it, slot it home. And he yep. does, and we go up 2-1, and it's absolute scenes and limbs in the cop at Bramble Lane as they're going wild. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the Sully was great, too. you you got to love that Sully from the skipper. And then Wrexham had to, had, they had to go for it. They commit too many forward, and uh, after that goal, and in the 96th minute, a long throw from Tazer is headed out by Egan to Njaye, who escapes past his man, drives downfield, passing for McAtee just outside the box. He slides to keep the ball. It's ta- He's tackled, falls to Norwood. He gets it back to McAtee, and, I mean, he has his head up, gives Badgay a slight nod to make the run, who he finds in the same spot that Anel scored from, and it's the same result as Badgay absolutely blasts it into the top left-hand corner to put the game to bed. And uh, what was that, Chad? That was an absolute piss missile. Indeed it was. Indeed it was. Almost ripped through the top of the the roof of the net, too. I mean, yep. that had some smoke on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the end of the game. Uh, pretty much nothing else happened after that third goal, and we move on. And we're going to face Spurs at Bramall Lane on March 1st, as we've said beforehand. That's going to be a banger of a game and really kind of a litmus test for where we are and what we need to do in the offseason to try and compete in the Premier League next year if we get promoted. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you on that. Um, A huge litmus test to see, you know, hopefully – I mean, Spurs are kind of almost, I wouldn't say cut adrift, but I mean, they're kind of securely in their position in the top six in the Prem. Hopefully they put out a good side. I mean, I haven't looked that far ahead to see where, where, who, what games we have in and around that time frame. Um, It doesn't, it looks like, 
We've got Watford the Saturday before Spurs and then Blackburn. So, I mean, two tough league games with Spurs sandwiched in the middle. So it definitely will be a test of like our grit and determination to see what kind of side heck he puts out in, you know, as the fixtures pile up, it, it seems not to end here for the next couple of weeks. It seems like we have a, a game almost every three days. Yep. Man, I don't know how we go into that game. Do we just kind of take the foot off the gas and just kind of like roll a, a week inside out there getting ready for the league? Or do we, like we talked about before, put a strong side out there and see where the hell we stack up? Yeah, I think once you get to the fifth fifth round, you know, you're basically two wins away from Wembley, aren't you? And mm-hmm. I think you have to. You, yeah. you have to put out a good side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. It's, uh, you know, three weeks away at this point. So a little bit less than three weeks away at this point. So, yeah, we will definitely see what happens. But first and foremost, Chad, I want to get your man of the match in this game. Um. Well... Every um, the Wrexham fan should be the man of the match because I don't know how their team lost. I thought they won 17-0 in this game. Um, But as for United, I will say Sandy Barge had a pretty damn good game. He did, did off, Topping it off with a goal to finish the game completely off. So, yeah, I'll go with Sandy Barge. Yeah, I thought he made some great marauding runs. And, yeah, capping the game off with a goal – you love to see it, and he seems to be back into form, and that's just what we need for this run-in here. Um, the next month and a half is going to be very important. So many games in such a tight period of uh, of, of space, basically. You know, I, I think the rest of this month, what do we have, like five more games? Four oh, more we, games? Got a, uh, we got a whole boatload of them. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four. We got four games left. Yeah. Yeah, um, and and you realistically could count, you know, we have one on the first of March, the the Spurs game. So really, five five games from Saturday to the first of March. Yeah, so obviously we're gonna need him and uh, Sandy Sandy Barge, Sander Bedgay. Um, yeah, so yeah, that I, I'm I'm gonna say uh, Sander Bedgay was also my man of the match, and yeah, he's been great. He was great. Yeah. Well, Chad, as we've talked about, the fixtures coming thick and fast, and we have Swansea City this coming Saturday at Bramall Lane. Swansea City, heartbreaking, heartbreaking loss for them this past weekend to Birmingham at home. They conceded two goals in the last seven minutes of the game with uh, Trusty getting the winner on 90 plus seven. So basically with the last kick of the game, um, and then prior to that, they drew QPR away. They lost to Bristol City at home. They beat Sunderland 3-1 away at the Stadium of Light. And prior to that, they drew Bristol City in the FA Cup. Um, yeah, that was the reverse fixture uh, that Bristol City beat Swansea in prior to that. And then in the league... They lost to Burnley at home. So, yeah, Swans not doing so great right now. Um, but as it stands, 
They sit 13th in the league. Do you see this as a tough game for Sheffield United, Chad? Honestly, I was surprised because when I listened to Blades Pod on, I believe it was Monday, Ben was very confident saying we were going to go and beat this Swansea side very comfortably. So if I'll go with Ben on this one. I think we win this one comfortable. I think we get a clean sheet. I mean, we got to stop Joel Pirro. He's got 11 goals yeah. on the season. He's he's their leader in goals, but I just think we Swansea, we can we can go and snatch this snatch this win. Players that we also need to look out for Colin Cham who is a very very good midfielder. Cooper Fulton and Grimes are also uh impressive at times. But, you know, they, I mean they've conceded a lot of goals this season, haven't they? Yeah, the goal differential is only plus one. They've conceded 42 goals in the league this year. That's, I mean, for a team, now now granted you have Hull right above them at 12th on a minus seven goal difference, and then QPR below them in 14th on a minus six goal differential. So this league is on its head. No one knows, no one can beat anybody, and it's all, it's just a, it's Topsy just turvy. a disaster. Yeah, it's so yeah. it's so up and down. Aside from us two, I mean we've we've kind of wobbled a little bit. The rest of the league is, and I've said this before, is not very good. Anybody can beat anybody, and I just am hypocritical because I said nobody can beat nobody. So that really does that's not a really false factual statement. But um yeah, I think I think we should win this one comfortably. Who do you have starting for United? Well, I think we get our our normal. Well, I don't know about um, Tommy Doyle. I, I think Ali McBurney comes back in for the skipper. You have yeah. die. Sandy Barge, Norwood, probably Mac in midfield, um, and then Bogle and Low on the wings, and then I think you you roll with our normal. Can I say it? Our normal back three with. Egan Amund Hodzic and, and Jackie Longthrow. Yep. I yeah. think that's your lineup probably if there's no, you know, Big Bernie missed out, but I don't know if that was due to injury or or just rest. I think Hecky in his uh post match interview said that, you know, uh McBurney was never gonna get into the side. Uh, you know, he still has a little bit of an injury. He's carrying a, that a little bit with him. Um, and you know, he wanted to make sure he was fit for Swans at the weekend. So Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I picked the same side. I think it is very, very easy. The only change is if Tommy Doyle is fit, maybe give him a run out. I, I don't know. I think it's probably a substitute mm-hmm. run out personally. Yeah. Probably the last 15 minutes late sub. Yeah. It's that same. What, what is it? Calf injury that he had earlier mm-hmm. in the season. So mm-hmm. yeah. How about a score prediction from you there, Chad? I'm going to go, I'm going to go emphatic. I'm going to go three nil. 3-0 win. I'll go McBurney will get one. Uh, Sandy Barge will keep his hot streak going um, and get one. And I think we'll go with Bogle. Bogle will get one. I like it. I like it. Uh, I'm going to go for a Sandy Barge brace and Njaye getting one. I'm going to say 3-0 as well. I, I'm confident. I think we'll keep a clean sheet as well. This is a Swans team that is just not very good. 
They're going to want to keep possession, so I think we'll be able to hit them on the counterattack. I think that's mm-hmm. what we're going to do, and I think Njaya will be able to exploit them. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Yep. Well, I think that's just about all the time that we have for this episode of the Red Half of Sheffield. If you haven't done so already, please give us a follow on social media, at the Red Half of Sheffield on Facebook, and at Red Sheffield on Twitter. And Chad, where can the people follow you on social media? Well, if there's any Wrexham fans that want to follow me, um, because they <laughs> went ahead and listened to this one, um, not in any new listeners, you can find me at cjarvis underscore thirteen on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me Noah Snyder at sunpuck on Instagram and at nestman nine thirty on Twitter. Well, until this Saturday when we play the Swans at Bramall Lane, up the blades, Chad. Up the blades. Come on, you red and white wizards. Mm-hmm.